Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the All-Terrain Couple Podcast. I'm Lou, and today I'm going to be introducing, interviewing, God damn it! today I'm going to be interviewing KJ. KJ, welcome to your closet. Thanks very much, Lou. Uh, so jumping right into it, uh, you've been a triathlete now since well before I knew you, um, which is four years. Um why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first got into the sport, what your athletic background is, and just kind of what led you down the path you find yourself on now? Sure. Well, going way back, um, I swam growing up competitively uh, through high school and then ultimately ended up swimming for my college team. Mm-hmm. Um, my very best friend from college swimming uh competed in her first triathlon in 2014. So the year after we graduated, um, that was down in Malibu. So ocean swim, which definitely caters to experienced swimmers. And absolutely. She, she'd been trying to get me to join her that year. I was like, no, no, don't want to buy a bike. I really don't know how to run. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm Okay. Uh, but she convinced me and uh, bought my first bike in 2015 and uh, had my sights set on for the Oakland Triathlon in August 2015 and uh, got so excited training that I signed up for three races before wow. <laughs> that race happened. And, uh, right, right in the proverbial deep end, eh? Yeah, yeah, jumped right in. Okay. Jumped right in. So, jumped right in the swim, bike, run. Um, have been triathloning every year except for 2020 since then. Okay. So two questions. First question, what was the first bike? Oh, my first, my very first bike mm-hmm. as like a child or as No, your first, your first purchase for triathlon. My first purchase for triathlon was a Trek, uh, what was it called? A Trek Lexa. It was a women's specific frame. It, fit my budget it fit the timing so ended up it was a solid little road bike okay um my first bike purchase as an adult was a stolen single speed with <laughs> no brakes <laughs> does that count <laughs> it does <laughs> it does <laughs> count can't race on those though they no, no so second question what do you suppose the draw was coming from swimming and that specific endurance what 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 was the draw that really pulled you into exploring two sports which you really didn't have a lot of familiarity with in running and cycling sure so even towards the end of college i'd started pretending to run as cross training okay just something outside of the pool because you know Boston winters are, are pretty cold and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just miserable getting in getting wet and having to walk back to your house. And Yeah, absolutely. So I went for some runs, never more than two miles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were really short. <laughs> <laughs> Double anything I did. So that's okay. Um, but yeah, so like I had dabbled a little bit, knew I wasn't very good at it, even though I played basketball in high school, but that's in the most 90 feet. So... <laughs> After that, and after graduating and having my identity as a college athlete 
kind of wrapped up. Mm-hmm. Um, running seemed like the thing to do. Like everyone on social media would be posting about their marathon or their half marathon or these distances. They didn't actually know what they were. And yeah, um, I thought, okay, like maybe running, maybe I can be good at running. Like how hard, how hard could a seven minute mile be? It's hard. i want to qualify for boston i've never run a marathon um just buy yourself some (laughs) shoes right yeah Yeah. so uh yeah so i started running i wasn't doing so great at it but um had signed up for the oakland half marathon and uh followed a training plan didn't do so great i was just kind of like running sucks this sucks. Where this. where did you pull your running plan from? Was that like, did you work with a coach right out of the gate yeah. or was this something you kind of cobbled together from just experience? I, I cobbled that together from no experience whatsoever. Interesting. I Googled half marathon training plan. There you go. <laughs> followed okay. that fairly religiously. That, the training plan itself actually went really well. Mm-hmm. Um, the week before I, I know now, I guess the 10 days before I fucked up my taper. Oh, Screwed up my taper. <laughs> I guess it's our podcast. I can decide if we swear or not. You certainly can. <laughs> um, but no. So the last 10 days, I kind of, I messed up my training and overdid it and then underdid it and went into the race and, and died in the last four miles. Ouch. Um, yeah. So the last third. Okay. But no. And then I was like, ah, that, that was fine. I can do it. I can do it again. And so I signed up for another one. And went slower. <laughs> I signed up for a third one and went slower again. Find in the sweet spot. Yeah. Find yeah. in the sweet spot. <laughs> that third one, that third one I will blame on the flu. I had the flu two weeks before that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of ruined that taper too. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so you figured running was going so well. Why not jump on a bike? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Honestly, honestly, Liz, my friend had, had suggested the, the bike as a good intermediate. She's like, you're going to be good at biking anyways because you know how to ride a bike. So you already have that leg up. You got a leg up. You got the proverbial leg up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're going to be so far ahead on the swim. All you have to do is just bike really hard and then just walk it in. <laughs> so that was, that was my strategy. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's a fantastic strategy. It, it worked really well. I got third in my age group my first race. Really? Yeah. Where was that at? That was uh, Monterio, so on the Russian River in Northern California, so just west of Sonoma. Wow. So first race out of the gate. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Took a couple walk breaks on the run. It was great. It was great. But I was first out of the water on the swim. (laughs) That's impressive. So that background is is certainly advantageous to you thus far. Yeah. Swimming, Swimming has helped a lot in triathlon. Okay. So, first race did exceptionally well. Yeah. First out of the water, podiumed your age group. Yeah. Subsequent races, how's it been going? Um. So that first year, um, in 2015, I was in the 20 to 24 age group. So this is all amateur triathlon, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, generally not a very competitive age group because it's a lot of college kids, a lot of people fresh out of college, not a lot of money. Right. Not a lot of time, effort and money to spend on triathlon. So there's not a whole lot of people in the in the right. field. Um, but I, I kept doing pretty well. I, I podiumed in my age group for each of the races that I entered that year. Wow. I think. I don't think that's a lie. 
fairly sure that's true. We'll fact check you. Yeah. Yeah. All of us. <laughs> all of us will fact check you. Good. Please do. Call me out on my BS. Um, but yeah, no, it was, so I was having fun, right? So I was, I was succeeding and with an, like newbie gains, right? Like mm-hmm. new to something and <clears throat> experiencing it for the first time and learning really quickly what's working, what's not working. Just being able to race so frequently because the races were so short mm-hmm. meant that I could, you know, learn a lesson, apply it the next time pretty quick. Got it. Okay. So that was a 20 to 24 age group. Mm-hmm. And without um, coming too precariously close to you, divulging how old you are now, um, <laughs> how have the subsequent years been? Well, so the next year I started in the 25 to 29 age group. <laughs> 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 um, and it actually it went pretty well, too. So that's a slightly more competitive age group. Still not quite as competitive as some of the older age groups in triathlon. Um, again, triathlon tends to be like fairly money driven time driven investment in the sport so the older age groups tend to be more competitive just because there's a deeper field understood um more more time more resources exactly you figured out what's important to you by that point in your life and so everyone's dialed yeah so the people that want to be doing it are doing it uh but yeah 25 to 29 um each of those years for the most part if I entered a race, I was on the podium in my age group with the exception of Olympic distances. So okay. was, this is sprint distances, I guess I should clarify, which is Got it. a 750 meter swim. So about a half a mile, a 12 mile or 20 kilometer bike, and then a 5k or 3.1 mile run. Okay. So those I felt really confident in, like go out, hammer and get on the podium. And, uh, didn't really want to dabble in Olympic distances until the second half of that age group. Mm-hmm. That's when I started doing it. And uh, wasn't too far off the top end of the age group, top top 25%. Okay. That's fantastic. But um, certainly not overall. By the time I was 27, I think. So in 2018, went down to Morro Bay and uh came in third overall okay and morrow bay i'm sorry morrow bay california which is just north of san luis obispo got it so central coast there's a big rock big rock there's a big rock i'll be on the lookout (laughs) you can't miss it if you miss it there's a lot of fog (laughs) okay so you went down i was having i was having a lot of success at the sprint distance was feeling really good in 2019 uh about my prospects for olympic distance and okay dabbling on some longer course races got it so where does all of that bring you as far as 2021 what what are what are kj's goals looking into this year so this year um just like everyone else who had a race signed up for 2020 uh it was either canceled or deferred and so Ironman deferred all of, all of, I say all of the two races that I had signed up for Mm -hmm. and, uh, they just got moved to 2020, but in different locations or sorry, excuse me, 2020 got moved to 2021, but in different locations. Okay. And so right now on the calendar, I've got, uh, Ironman St. George 70.3, which is a half Ironman. That's at the beginning of May. 
and then full Ironman distance at uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho in June. Fascinating. And what are your goals specific to the races? So the race is actually happening. One, ultimately the goal, I think that's the goal for anyone listening as well, just actually having these events happen as safely as possible and, and being able to race again. But uh, provided the stars align and, and racing resumes, what are your what are your goals looking into the races? Before the 70.3, the half Ironman, um, that's more of a, a raceable distance for me. Okay. And so I, I've got my eyes set on uh, amateur world championship slot, really? qualifi- qualification slot out of that race. Okay. Um, it's a lofty goal. It's, it's certainly not a for sure kind of situation, but ultimately that's, that's what I will be shooting for. And then for the full, um, I just want to finish. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want to die. (laughs) So uh, a slight dichotomy between, between the goals of the two, the the half and the full, but, uh, but that's good. Yeah. Certainly, certainly no, no slam dunk there um qualifying for world world champs that's that's impressive so this this race then you said was deferred from 2020 so this race would have been what time last year it would have been may also in 2020 but it would have been in santa rosa which is you know a mile and a half up the road from from where we live now gotcha as opposed to two states away okay how are you feeling looking looking into the race had it gone off last year sans covid global Mm. pandemics and and the world largely shutting down how are you feeling looking into the race at that point oh so that's a that's an interesting question i ultimately did a personal time trial on the day of the race so i kept my training plan the same i didn't change or alter anything i didn't slow down at all even when the race got canceled so i and when was that about a month out okay so mid-April gotcha. got canceled. Um, so I kept my training the same, went out and uh, did a, a, a time trial on the bike. Mm-hmm. Well, stayed in and did a time trial on the bike. I did the unzwick. Ah, yes. Um, and then I went out and I ran three laps, <laughs> four-mile loops, to <laughs> a 13.1 mile run. <laughs> popular loop I know, a different loop popular <laughs> subject and uh yeah i uh pr'd my half marathon by like 30 minutes wow um had a really solid time on the bike so i felt pretty good about that race and it was uh, especially good because in no in august september of 2019 i uh suffered an injury self-inflicted by accident <laughs> self-inflicted by accident go on um dismounting my bike at uh the santa cruz olympic triathlon um via a, a flying dismount ah. which is a stupid human trick that's not a technical term is it it is a, which one flying dismount <laughs> that is a technical term really it is yeah ah. so if you were to I mean, you have to Google it specifically, like triathlon flying dismount. Will your picture come up? No. Okay. No, there were no cameras up. (laughs) But anyways, I crashed my bike. So I was trying to get off my bike while it was still moving um, with no shoes on. 
and uh, ultimately had a, a flat front tire. Not sure when that happened. It had to have happened in the last 50 feet of the bike and uh, crashed, landed hard on my right knee and partially tore my PCL. Um, which if you are a normal person and not familiar with the anatomy of an E, you've got your ACL, which everyone knows, MCL and LCL, which are the two ligaments on the side. And then your PCL is like dead center running between your lower leg and your upper leg. So you never see it on diagrams or anything. It's just kind of, mm -hmm. just kind of there. And it's really rare to injure it isolated, but that's what your girl managed to do. Well, being as you're uh, an expert in uh, knee anatomy, what what is that? Uh, what is that ligament control? What what was inhibited for you? So that ligament ultimately controls your movement of your lower leg compared to your upper knee, upper leg, your femur, forward, backward. Okay. And so, um, the way I landed, the lower leg had moved backwards in relation to the knee mm -hmm. so severely that that's where it tore. Got it. And so the control, basically, if, if you picture like tripping on a curb, mm -hmm. that's what would hurt, right? If Got it. That's the the motion that would cause pain okay. after that injury. I know this because I did that. Tripped on the curb? Times. Yeah, or the carpet or cords on the job site or shouldn't be cords. I know. Trip on <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my safety guy got an earful after that one. <laughs> Poor bastard. Okay. So overcoming the injury 2019, going through rehab. How long was your rehab after that? Ooh. So I started rehab three weeks after after the crash went through almost the new year so about almost four months of pt okay half of that was probably like strength training specific pt mm -hmm. i graduated from my pt Ooh. i know i know but i still had to keep going because I, I knew i needed to do some strength training anyways and i liked the i liked the the trainer i was working with so okay um yeah did a lot of a lot of glute strengthening and lots of single leg squats and the fun stuff the really fun stuff mm -mm. but yeah so pt pt was about probably three and a half months okay brought me to january and uh to celebrate pt i uh bought myself a new bike as one does as one does because i didn't actually break the other bike so i didn't have to replace anything on that one really yeah broke yourself not the bike yeah that's, a, that's, that's the best, best case scenario. That's... I know, because you heal. Your bike does it. Exactly. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, the other thing, I, I uh, needed some truing on my front wheel. Okay. That was it. It was the only thing that happened to my bike. Got off easy. Yeah. Three and, and a half months of PT and no real money sunk into the bike. That's good. 40 bucks on a wheel true. But you treated yourself to a new one. I did. What'd you get? I did. I bought myself a Cannondale Super 6 Evo. Which is, it's a, a carbon road bike. So I replaced my original Trek Lexa aluminum road bike. Um, it was it's it was a nice upgrade, right? Like not anything super fancy, but nice to have a weight frame, nice mm -hmm. to have an aero frame, um, just nice to have equipment that I felt matched more the level of cycling I was at. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, 
took it out for a couple rides. Then I uh, went for a ride with a friend of mine. And fortunately, she had up-to-date first aid experience because I hit a rock. And by a rock, I mean it was like a, a chunk of Highway 80 that was in a bike path. And this poor friend like looks back and just sees me crumpled on the ground because I just went flying over my handlebars and um, fortunately walked away with that one or walked away from that one with just some road rash, which is still uh, shedding gravel as I look at it right now on my elbow. Um, the bike did not fare quite so well. So my brand new bike that I had just bought, I had to replace the fork and frame. So yikes. That sucked. <laughs> and yet you still ride bikes. And yet I still ride bikes. <laughs> I did learn a little bit of a lesson, though, because just to convince myself that training inside would be okay, I bought myself a fancy trainer, too. Ooh. I know. So, so I safer. More money. Safer. <laughs> a little bit safer. A lot safer. <laughs> if you go over the handlebars on your on trainer. Swift, yeah. Like you've done something terribly wrong. Don't call me. <laughs> I can't help no, you. I can't. I can't help you. Okay. Cool. So that's that's so, a rough couple months. Huh? Yeah, it was a rough couple months. So crash once, rehab. Yeah. Celebrate. New yeah. bike. Crash again. Yep. Road rash. Yep. Broken bike. Yep. Fork over more cash. Yep. Fix bike. Yeah. Start training for qualifying for world champs. Yeah. Training's going well. Everything's feeling good. Build-up's been okay, right? Yeah. Everything's on point. Uh-huh. And then March 2020. Yep. And then March 13th, 2020, and I took Bart for the last time. <laughs> Which should be one of the greatest events it, of it your was life. It pretty nice. But, um, but yeah, so then, so then COVID happened, and... Uh, as soon as I saw how aggressively California reacted to the pandemic, which I believe was the right reaction. Mm -hmm. um, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, mm, there's no way Santa Rosa is going to happen in May. No way. So um, I had kind of resigned myself to the fact that the half wouldn't go off. But I was still kind of hopeful for the full that I was signed up for in July. And uh, I don't know if Santa Rosa was hopeful or if Iron Man was just hopeful, but... They didn't cancel the full until late May, early June. Rough. That's and, rough. Yeah. So, um, and like a half Ironman, so 1.2 mile swim, 56 mile bike, half marathon run. That's not short, but you can fake your way through that. Like you can be a little out of shape and still finish that mm -hmm. so long as you can still swim. But an Ironman there you can't fake it mm -hmm. like you you have to have the fitness otherwise you're in for a miserable day and you're probably going to not make cutoffs so um yeah so i had <laughs> to keep my volume up a little bit after after uh my little 70.3 time trial and uh just kept trying to keep the volume going until they finally ultimately pulled the plug kept the faith till the last minute yeah I mean, keeping the faith is, is a generous way to put it. It was more like being resigned to the fact that I needed to keep some level of fitness. Otherwise, if it happened, I wasn't going to make it. Um, 
be. Right. Yeah. So, so you and, and almost every other athlete with an event scheduled for 2020 got to endure the same, uh, the same valley. Yeah. So why don't, why don't you, you walk? I, I would love to hear because I, I was really fascinated during the whole process of watching you continue to push yourself and do your, your two a days and, and just the incredible devotion to your training and even having your calendar completely wiped of, of races um, and, and really any other event. Um, I'm fascinated to hear what, what kept you going right with the very nebulous hope and a prayer of 2021 and, and potentially races being rescheduled. I mean, even sitting here now, there's not a, a, a guarantee of anything um, going off as, as scheduled. So I would love to hear more about what kept you motivated yeah. and going through, through all of that. I think, I mean, I mentioned it a little bit just about being a college swimmer. Like that identity of an athlete has always been very central to me and my personality. Um, even when I didn't necessarily feel the part, like I always think sport and that kind of challenge, like the physical challenge of it has always intrigued me and kept me sane, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. I, I much prefer training for an event, but I, I enjoy training for training's sake. Um, and after kind of similar to you where like the professional life can be so all encompassing and consuming, um, finally returning to that semblance of athletic identity and, and feeling comfortable in my training and my abilities and, what trajectory I was on having the control over yeah. the outcomes, right? The yeah. input and the outcome is under your control. Yeah. And, and not, I don't know, knowing what it feels like to lose it and how much it hurts to fight, to get back in shape. Mm-hmm. I just maintaining a, a, a base level is a lot easier than fighting the ups and downs of in and out of shape and having played that game with myself several times i it's not hard to motivate myself to go and do a workout when i know how bad it feels after you know three years of not training for something competitively so i'd much be i'm i'm much happier training to be better at something Mm -hmm. as opposed to training to be base level at something yeah that's they hurt the same yeah they hurt the same but mentally it's a lot easier to motivate for one over the other okay so So you using that and looking ahead to 2021 Mm -hmm. you were able to maintain i think you took off what was it the month of july Mm -hmm. you took off and that was about it. You took one month off to kind of like take a deep breath. Yeah. We did some some socially distant sightseeing and midnight trips to national parks to avoid crowds. Mm-hmm. And after that, it was right back to it. And you've been yeah. 
Yeah, right back to it. Let's <laughs> let's let's not sell ourselves short now, KJ. <laughs> it wasn't quite to the same intensity because realistically, the way I I tried to explain it, and I don't know if I did such a great job. That month in July was more like it's like Christmas in July, right? So the off season typically for triathletes, unless you're in Australia or you know the Southern Hemisphere or along the equator, right? Your off season is winter, and so. That's more of a base building time, a time for recovery, a time to like let your body come out of that hyper fit state. Mm-hmm. I'm not calling myself hyper fit. It's just like kind of generally speaking, you're not training at 15, 20 hours a week. You're training at like eight. And if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. So um, easing up on the central nervous system, exactly. not constantly breaking down and rebuilding. Exactly. And just giving yourself some time. And so. I had been in a constant state of training, even with the injury, because I was doing other things around it mm-hmm. um, as I was able to. So I really only took off two weeks when I crashed my bike and tore that ligament. So I've been in a constant state of training since January of 2019. Yeah. So an 18-month training block is just not sustainable. So I, I knew I needed the time off. It ended up working out really perfectly. Um, and that's what I would have done had I raced Santa Rosa anyways. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an easy non-decision. It was just kind of, this is how it's going to work. Yep. Listen to your body and. Yep. And then just kind of come back from there and, uh, restarting a training block. Like this week has been a kick in the ass. <laughs> like moving from from base zone two training into back into some intensity has been a shock to the system, but it's a good shock and okay. It uh, you know, it hurts because it's adaptation, but yeah. After that, you get better. So you can watch the the numbers on training peaks go up and. Feel some, feel some improvements. Fantastic. Okay. So new training training. block started this past week. Mm -hmm. So what does a 2021 new normal working around COVID still training to qualify for world champs, half Ironman distance, training block look like for you mm. a, a block or like what is you what does this training block look like what what how many weeks and what what is your goal to finish up this particular build got it so it ended up being around a 14 week training block training period okay the blocks broken into three and one with the exception of taper so sorry three active one recovery it's mm-hmm. not an it's not a week off for recovery that's an active recovery week still okay. a little bit of intensity but definitely not as much volume um so three rounds of that with taper and uh each block similarly programmed um get a little bit of short high intensity in this first one so for example i did a, a 5k time trial run was that just yesterday? Two days ago? Yesterday? That was yesterday. That was yesterday. It was a long day. Um, yeah, so I did a, a 5K. I'll do I'll do some faster stuff on the bike 
this week. Um, and then as far as swimming goes, it's just kind of get in the water whenever I can. Gotcha. And so that's, that's going to be the, the tough variable is trying to find time to get in and what that does to my load in the other two sports. Cause those I can schedule whenever I want, Yeah. but swimming subject to the whims of, of work and pool schedules and lane availability. And so for anyone listening to this, who may not know, as I didn't, when I first moved to California, <clears throat> when, when KJ says swim when she can, uh, you may think, well, there's an ocean. <clears throat> For those of you that have never set foot in the Pacific Ocean, it maintains a near constant 57 degrees Fahrenheit. That's so generous. No, no, no. Right now it's 54. It's <laughs> The bay is 54. All the time. All the time. So um, You may see 62 in like September. So even even us Californians <laughs> are are relegated to uh, swim in laps and pools. Not not a lot of open water swimming Mm-mm. this time of year. So and most of our pools are outdoors. So like when it's thirty nine degrees outside, like it is right now, you're swimming in thirty nine degrees. Nonsense! It's utter nonsense. <laughs> but I grew up swimming like this. This is this is what I'm used to. So God bless you. Yeah, I don't know. I think the people that swim inside all the time are crazy. So. To each their own. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's national national slogan. <clears throat> okay. So thanks for the time, KJ. Before we before we wrap up, any any thoughts, any any words of wisdom, any motivational sayings for anyone coming out of the year that was 2020 and setting themselves for some lofty goals for 2021 that may or may not even have the possibility of being obtainable. So I think so far as the rumor mill goes with triathlon, I feel like smaller races are probably more likely to have a shot at happening. Um, So that means the Ironmans of the world, like the rock and roll marathons of the world, like those which are owned by the same company, those may have a harder time being put on because there's so many people that do those races and yeah. like that's part of their appeal right is to have thousands of people around you doing the same event mm-hmm. um so you think just local jurisdictions and the volume of people those are less likely obviously to yeah. be able to go off yeah but but that doesn't mean that i don't think smaller races can't happen i don't know how that's going to look because i don't think california is going to let anything uh proceed but i don't know i'm not I'm, i don't have esp so i don't know that um we have that on on record now (laughs) i can't see the future uh but um so far as advice goes like i think covid and and being stuck at home or being like having the ability to question what you're doing with your time has been really helpful for a lot of people or has been very eye-opening for a lot of people and kind of similar to what you were saying when we were talking about your run, like just go out and do it. Um, I think I'm an example of that too. Like I had that first year I did tries. I had that goal. I was locked on the Oakland try and it was like five months away. And then I found this other race that was only like six weeks away. And I signed up really not as prepared as I would have been for five months later. Mm -hmm. But 
it wasn't like I was going in on a hope and a prayer. I knew how to swim. I knew how to bike. I knew how to run. I mean, I ran with cycling gloves on my hands. I looked like Michael Jackson for an entire 5k and I looked like a fool, but I had a blast and mm -hmm. I had so much fun and it like really invigorated a passion for a sport that I never would have, I maybe wouldn't have found if I had waited until the Oakland try. Mm -hmm. So I think if you have the chance to participate in a mass participation event, such as a triathlon or a run or a cycling event, if they, if they get put on and you have the opportunity to do it and you feel safe doing it, I think you should. Um, if you only have the opportunity to do something out of your backyard, I mean, what's stopping you, right? Like, absolutely. Yes, if you're going to swim, especially open water swimming, you want to have someone there watching you. Hopefully, a partner or a friend can come and like supervise or bring a a swim buoy with you and make sure you know how open water works. Mm -hmm. But I mean, you're not going to. Hopefully, you're not going to crash your bike. I'm a rare example. I did <laughs> I did it so many <laughs> times in such a short span of time. But no, if, if you, if you have an inkling to do it, just go out and try it. Like, I mean, it's type two fun a lot of the time where it's, it's fun looking back at it, but frankly, in, in races, I have a ton of fun as hard as it is. I have so much fun just like hammering it on the bike or running and like knowing that there are girls racing behind me and they're catching up with every step, but all I have to do is just make it 5k and like get to the finish line a few steps ahead of them. And like, I keep my spot or who I can track down in the swim. Like it's just, it's just fun. And it's um, really cathartic to be able to get out and just throw it all down mm -hmm. and like see what you're capable of. That's why I like racing. That's why I think other people like racing too. Fantastic. Thanks. Thank you, KJ. Well, how would you like to put a bow on this? Well, I mean, KJ out. <laughs> KJ out. Drop the mic. No, mic's expensive. We can't drop the microphone. <laughs> I mean, it's not that expensive. That one's not expensive. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think really quick, we both started a training cycle. Um, in the past week, mm -hmm. um, things have gone poorly and well for both of us. Um, I don't know if you want to talk at all about how yours has gone. Uh, mine's, like I said, kicked my butt. I, uh, slept like garbage all of last week, got 10 hours of sleep on Friday night into Saturday. And all of a sudden was a new person. Um, got to enjoy some beautiful weather up in wine country on the, on the bike on Saturday and dropped the hammer on, on a 5k and PR'd by a minute. Still, sure didn't, did. still didn't catch you, but PR'd by a minute. So I, 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 I held my supremacy in the 5k by two seconds. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, that, that gap narrowed dramatically. Um, for my part, I had a great first week last week. Um, first week I had targeted 28 miles for the week. Um, all the, all the runs during the week went fine. Volume was good. Everything felt fine. Um, had a little twinge after work on Thursday in my knee. Didn't think anything of it. Friday was an off day anyway. 
Uh, Twinge was still hanging around a little bit on Saturday, so I decided eh, I'm going to go get my 10-mile long run in. So I did uh, nine and three-quarter miles and uh, came home with an inflamed knee. Uh, so self-diagnosed or tandem diagnosed as uh, <laughs> knee bursitis at this point. So it's just been ice and heating pads and ice and heating pads and resting it and trying to stay off it. So I had to had to ditch my run yesterday, took a zero. Today was a planned zero. Uh, and tomorrow was supposed to be uh, six miles easy. So we'll just wait and see how everything feels when I wake up. And, uh, yeah, just play it easy, wait to get back on track, and hopefully this doesn't sideline me too long. But happy that it's only only bursitis and, and, and nothing any more serious. So a little bit of rehab, and we'll be back at it. But, yeah, it was, it was a hell of a first week all yeah. around for the two of us. <laughs> so, yeah. One week in. One week in. I have, let's see, I'm April 11th and you are May 1st Yep. are the events. So be ratcheting up by the week. Yeah. It's going to be good stuff. Yeah. So tune in next week. Update my knee, her lack of sleep. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> Thanks Hopefully. for tuning in. We'll yeah. talk to you soon. Bye.